1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group, and we thank you very much for being with us this Sunday. So this Sunday is Father's Day. It's always historically the third Sunday in June. We're going to talk a little bit about the history, but first I'd like to just tell you something that meant something to me. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. That was Mark Twain who said that a long time ago. I've always liked that quotation. Have you heard that before, Pete? Yep, I have. I think you've done that quote at least once before. but I probably have. Does it remind you of your own son? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of me also. Yes, it does. <laughs> Do you remember, how old were you when we went on the rafting trip in Colorado, Pete? Fifteen. Fifteen. So it was pretty analogous then. Peter didn't want to know who I was. We were on this rafting trip with 15 people, and there was also a 15-year-old young woman on the trip, and... Uh, he didn't want to know who I was. Remember that, Pete? Yep, I do. It's a great trip. But no, I mean, it's true. You know, when you're 13, 14, 15, you know, up until at least 2021, I think you think you know everything and your parents are dummies, quite frankly. And, you know, they're embarrassing and they don't know things the way that you do. And it's really, I don't understand where this sense of, you know, all-knowing comes from and this ignorance comes from but man it's awful and I mean I remember clearly thinking gosh mom and dad were right about so many things when I was in my early 20s and my middle child is starting to become a little bit like that but he's still pretty good even though he is 13 and um, my 16 year old who will be 17 in July when he was about 12, he started acting like he knew everything and knew the world, and he's still like that, thinks that mom and dad are dumb, and you know he knows everything. Well, I've read historically that the adolescent brain, especially the male adolescent brain, doesn't fully mature physically, chemically, and every other way until about the age of 25. And, and then sometimes not until much longer. Sometimes not until much longer. But that's why... Uh, Young men in particular do a lot of uh, interesting things, it's dumb a, things. Let's, let's be frank about it. It's also why I'm so incredibly grateful that I have a much younger child who is also a daughter, and I've been doing everything with her. Sometimes when I even want to do things on my own, which isn't that often, she wants to be involved in every single project I do and wants to help out, quote, quote, unquote. Sometimes it really is a help. Sometimes it slows everything way down. But I've been teaching her a lot, and she's been just fascinated and interested in everything I do, landscaping projects and everything in between. Well, take advantage of it and enjoy it, because that too will change in a few years. So enjoy these moments while you have them. I'd like to mention really quickly that the Father's Day road race that takes place every year in Fairhaven has been canceled this year because of the the virus. So um, that's unfortunate. A lot of things are canceled. There's discussion now that we may not even have a baseball season at all. Yeah, but that's not because of the coronavirus. No, that's it's politics. Of, yeah. Well, um, Ann Sexton once said, it doesn't matter who my father was. It matters who I remember he was. So I thought that was an interesting quote for today as well. And by the way, I will be very disappointed if there's no baseball season because I don't think the Red Sox are going to do anything at all this year. Um, I don't think many people do, but I still enjoy watching and listening to Red Sox games. My daughter and I actually camped out in our backyard last weekend, and um, she had a blast. I did not, but... I acted like I did. I didn't sleep very well. But I I used to love falling asleep, particularly in a tent, listening to Red Sox games. Well, that may not happen this year. year. Maybe they'll have some reruns you could listen to. Yeah. Well, either way, I did not like the Mookie Betts trade, but 
Um, if they don't have a season this year, then it was a very good trade in the, you know, in the hindsight. So I, I forgot to introduce um, my son, Peter Lance. So good morning, Pete. Good morning, we'll everyone. Just get right into discussion. You know, there's a, a book, I think it was Turgenev who wrote it, uh, called Fathers and Sons. We need to read that book again sometime. Fathers and sons have some wonderful moments together, and they have some difficult moments together, don't they? We won't talk about specifics of anything, but it's just the fact of life. It's the nature of things. Yeah, and, you know, I did not intend to talk about this today, but um, one of the projects that I've been working on with my daughter, we finished it up a few days ago, is there's a great giant dollhouse that was crafted by hand by my grandfather, my mother's father, who I didn't really know too well because he passed away when I was only eight years old. Um, but he made it for my sister, this dollhouse, uh, from scratch. And I don't know how long my sister played with it, but at some point it got tucked away somewhere in storage, and it came out um, sometime late fall. And my mother said, Pete, do you want this dollhouse for Charlotte, who is my daughter? And I asked Charlotte, and she said, yeah, yeah, which, of course, any six-year-old is going to want a dollhouse, even though this one was filthy and hadn't been touched in probably 30 years and it sat in our garage all winter long i kept promising charlotte that we would restore it so we finally took it out last weekend and i showed her how to sand it and i showed her how to clean it up and then we painted everything and ripped out some of the carpet because it was really 19 early 1980s no probably late 1970s carpet (laughs) And uh, we cleaned everything up, and we touched it all up and made it brand new again. Oh, that's nice. Well, you know, he actually had put real wallpaper inside and the walls inside. Think of the work that was involved in that, that he spent time Yeah, on. well, that's just it as well. I was thinking of it. Uh, and now that we're talking about Father's Day and having a Father's Day show, I was thinking there's some things that, you know, fathers leave as a legacy that you don't even really realize as a legacy and that they're thought about, you know, so many years later and so many years after they're gone. So why don't you put 1850 on the side of the dollhouse and tell Charlie that she's got to pass it along to and tell everybody in the family it's gone through five generations. Why does it have to say 1850? I don't know. It could be 1840. Or maybe I could put his you know, birth date and his date of death on it somewhere. Yeah, 1776. Well, today we're going to talk about <clears throat> Father's Day facts, the history of Father's Day, why fathers are important. We're going to talk about... Money tips that fathers can teach their children, um, personal finance trips, um, tips, well, trips too. We'll talk about a trip that we took, okay? And then uh, six ways that fathers can build healthy money habits in their children. We've got a lot of useful information, so stick with us as we go through some of this. And this isn't just for fathers. It's also for anybody who wants to learn some ideas about money that you may not have heard about for a while. So, Pete, Father's Day was first recognized by a lady named Mrs. Sonora Smart Dodd. And she is now known as the mother of Father's Day. Yep. And um, her father, um, she had a father uh, who his wife had died, and he raised by himself six children, including her. So she thought of the idea of Father's Day when she was listening to a Mother's Day sermon in 1909, and the first Father's Day was celebrated on June 19, 1910. But it wasn't actually a national holiday and recognized as a national holiday until uh, President Calvin Coolidge made it um, a national uh, event in 1924. Yeah, and then it goes on for some other fathers after that. So although it began in 1910, it became a holiday or recognized day in 1924, Um, it wasn't until 1966, believe it or not, that Lyndon Johnson, President Johnson, issued the first time ever presidential proclamation honoring fathers and designating the third Sunday in June as Father's Day. So that was simply a presidential proclamation. Yeah, and I guess it wasn't actually, I'm reading this now, uh, that it wasn't actually considered a national holiday until Nixon signed it into law in 1972. Yep, so since 1972, it's been a national holiday. It's not a day to take off, and it always falls now on a Sunday, the third Sunday in June. Just in time, because you became a father the very next year. Gosh, was it really so long ago? 
Catherine was born in 1973. That's true. Well, so um, what day of the year, Peter, do you think are the most phone calls made in this country? Well, we've talked about this before. But it's wonderful. I think we do it every year. The most phone calls on any day of the year is on Mother's Day. Mother's Day, right. But what happens on Father's Day on Father's Day every year, it's the highest percentage of collect calls and reverse calls. <laughs> yep. Which I'm, I'm not, that's an old fact. I wonder if that's still accurate because I wonder how many people call collect any longer. Well, I don't know. That may be an old fact, but it was kind of a funny fact. And I've told this story once before, but not everybody listens. So I'm going to repeat it again. I was on a trip um, with my children once. We went to, I think it was the only family trip we ever took to. Uh, the Bahamas or the islands or someplace down there, the only Caribbean trip we ever took together. And my daughter, Catherine, I'm not sure how old she was at the time, probably about 10, I imagine. She came and asked if she could borrow some money because she wanted to buy something in the store. And she went in the store and came out with a T-shirt that said, um, I bank at the bank of dad. So she bought this shirt for me with a funny expression on it with money that she had borrowed from me. I remember that. It's funny how few memories you have as a kid, but that was one that I remember. Yeah, I do remember that one. Well, well, Father's Day is celebrated around the world by many countries, but there's only two other countries that celebrate the third Sunday in um, June, like the United States, and that's Canada and uh, England. And then there's some other countries that celebrate it, but not every country celebrates Father's Day. No, and Mother's Day came a long, long time before Father's Day, so we always... Uh, sit in the back seat when it comes to recognition, don't we? Well, usually, rightfully so, because we don't carry the babies for nine months, and you know, I I feel like I do, you know, fifty fifty of the work with the kids, but um, you know, typically, moms are the ones that do a lot more of the work. Yep, they do. So, there's a few simple facts about Father's Day and why it's so important, and. Um, it's a day to recognize fathers, so if you're fortunate enough to have a father who's living, um, take a few moments and make a phone call or make a visit or do something. And there are no real official ways to celebrate Father's Day other than to simply remember that you wouldn't have been born without a father or a mother, right? So, Or at least a donor. Right. I uh, hadn't thought about that one, Pete. <laughs> Pete's saying that with a big smile on his face. Yeah, I guess you could be a donor and be a father, couldn't you? Yep. But I'm not sure if my but, sister listens to the radio show. Probably not, but there was a time where I didn't think she was ever going to be a mom unless she had a donor. <laughs> no, 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 no. We won't go there. No, no, no. We'll we'll keep this on the level, and um, we'll just talk about facts and so forth. So... Um, not everybody has the uh, good fortune to grow up with a father, um, and if you haven't, then uh, hopefully you've had some good experience with your mother, and you have other opportunities in your life to know that there are a lot of people out there who care about you. Um, but um, increasingly, I think more people today in this generation, the younger generation, will spend more time with their children. Um, I know I never got to see my own father very much at all. He was um, in World War II when I was born. He was away in the Korean War when I was in school. Then he had another trip to Okinawa for 15 months. So he was absent much of the time. And I think that's true with a lot of a lot of uh, people growing up today. Yeah, and, you know, there's some really amazing fathers out there. There's some really amazing mothers out there. There are some deadbeat dads who just abandon their their children and um, don't have any involvement financially or, or there otherwise, but then there's some mothers who do the exact same thing. Right. I actually have a, a friend whose um, spouse just left, and he is a fantastic father to his son. Yep, everybody's different. Everybody has a different upbringing. Everybody has a different way that they grow up and... We have to adjust sometimes later in life for that. And things are much different than they were, you know, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s even. Um, fathers take a much more active role in raising their kids for the most part than they did back 
in those um, decades. Yeah, even 20, 30 years ago. No, I think that's absolutely correct. Um, and um, so whether you have a father living, whether you have a father you grew up with, whether you have a father you remember, um, just know that if not your own father, there are people out there that care for you. Let's talk about some financial ideas, Pete, because we got a ton of information on finances and Father's Day. There was a Father's Day advice poll. Uh, this was done uh, five years ago. Um, there were, let's see how many people, it doesn't say how many people, um, but they were polled and it said, what was the best financial advice that you learned from your father? And the biggest is don't spend money that you don't have. And what was next? The second largest is pay your bills on time. The third is to save for a rainy day. The fourth is don't quit your job before you have another. And the final one and fifth one is uh, no risk, no reward, invest. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people follow those tips. But No, but they're really important. Um, we, we live at a time, I believe, when we have sort of instant gratification when people want to go out and spend and buy things that maybe they can't afford. So there are other ways uh, to do things. I know one thing that I'm doing for certain when all three of my children turn 18 is I'm opening up an IRA for them. And I'm going Good. to, uh, I, I'm not there yet because my oldest is turning 17 in July, but uh, roughly a year from now, I'm going to be going to uh, open up a, an IRA for him. And I'm going to tell him, I don't care if you put $5 a week, $10 a week, anything, as long as you put something into this every single week, you'll be in a great position when you go to retire. Oh, well, I think that's great advice. Here's a few other facts. And by the way, I've always said in the past, and I'll say it once again, any man can be a dad, but not every man can be a father. Um, I don't have any person to attribute that to. Yeah, no, I've I've, I've heard that quote often, and it's, it's very true. Um, again, there's some fantastic fathers out there. So if we have some men listening today, uh, this advice is for you. You know, what we do at USA Wealth Group, for example, is we say that we always care about protecting your family and protecting your money. And by the way, you can call us anytime at 508-998-8858. We've also always got valuable lessons and things that we can pass out to people that will be helpful and happy to do that. Uh, no charge, no obligation. And... Um, so get in touch with us anytime. We'll be happy to give you further advice. My phone is beeping. I mean, I can't shut it off. Maybe I'll just shut it off entirely. That's what I'll do. No, I can't. Then I'll shut off Brody. Never mind. Um, so let's talk about some Father's Day advice, Pete. We've got a lot of information. Um, here's some successful people in the world that we can talk about. Um, Bill Gates... Um, Microsoft founder said his father encouraged him to go out for sports all the time and said even though he might not be successful with it, it was important to learn how to play with teams and things of that nature. Um, my dad was absent a lot, so I never, I never got a lot of direct advice from him, as I've mentioned, but you know, I had some good uh, figures in my life that I can relate to. Here's one that um, I'm, I'm sort of going through these quickly because a lot of them don't really resonate with me, but there's a whole series of famous people who have quotes about what their father taught them, the best thing and most important thing that their father taught them. But this one touches home to me because it's Martha Stewart um, who said that her father taught her that she can do anything. And the quote is, he told me with my personal characteristics, I could, if I set my mind to it, do anything I chose this advice instilled in me a great sense of confidence. And um, I wish I had done this with my boys. Um, I do encourage them all the time, and I do try to lift them up um, instead of ever bringing them down. I try to teach them that it's okay to make mistakes. And for years I've taught uh, baseball. I've been either their head coach or assistant coach for, oh gosh, uh, I guess 10, 11 years. Um, for all three of my kids' teams. And I've always told them, 
it's okay if you strike out. It's okay if you're pitching and you give up a, a big hit or a home run and you know the other team wins because of it. As long as you try and your attitude, that's all I care about. And I, I say that over and over and over again, and hopefully that has helped them out. But what I've done with my daughter, which um, I wish I'd done with my, my boys, is when she far, uh, started her first day of kindergarten, um, I have done a little mantra with her every single morning, Monday through Friday during the school year. What, what does that say? And I say, who are you? And she goes, I'm Charlotte Lance, and I can do anything that I put, can put my mind to. And I say, that's right, why? And then she says, because I'm strong, I'm smart, I'm beautiful, I'm funny, and I'm loved by so many people, especially my daddy. And we do that every single morning, Monday through Friday, but only during the school year. I should probably do it every day, year-round. But Well, that's, that's called an affirmation. So sometimes if you have affirmations in your life and you say things every day, then they get instilled into your mind, into your brain, into your system. And not every day, but you know, uh, once every other week or so, I'll say, and do you believe that, Charlotte? And she'll say yes. And, you know, so I try to re reaffirm that thought in her mind. Well, positive thinking is, is always wonderful. Pete, do you know who uh, T. Boone Pickens is? I sure do not. Okay, T. Boone Pickens, um, he's been through a series of different companies. He's He's a guy who's gone around and acquired companies and then either integrated them into his company or dismantled pieces of them. So he's like a fortune hunter with companies, uh, very successful, multi-multi-billionaire. He said his father told him, a fool with a plan can outsmart a genius with no plan any day. And his father told him that over and over again. And T. Um, Boone Pickens. T. Boone Pickens. I'm surprised I've never heard of him because of his success, but it sounds like some southern country guy driving a pickup truck with an American flag who created a new style of bourbon or something. No, uh, he is a southerner. I don't remember what state he's from, but um, recently he was chairman of BP Capital Management. But um, anyway, that's one of the things his dad said to him. Um, Bill Gates said, uh, do what you're not good at, and that'll teach you some important lessons. So if you're not good at playing chess, try to play chess. If you're not good at playing baseball, try to play baseball. Try to do something that you're not good at because it will teach you important lessons of uh, how to learn and how to become more successful. You've so, told me for years, never stop learning, always try to learn something new. Um, that has stuck with me, and I think that I always do that. Um, whether I try to learn it on my own or take an online course or, you know, whatever, I, I certainly try to learn something new at all times. And um, this is a, a famous person who said his father told him, you can get a better education by reading the New York Times every single day from front to back than by going to any four-year college. So if you just read that newspaper every single day, you'll learn more um, and be better educated than most other people. I read the New York Times on the weekend. I like the paper version, but I read... Wall Street Journal. I read it also on during the week online. I have an online subscription to that, and that's helpful. And then I read the Wall Street Journal every day, which I think is a very important paper. But Bill Gates, who is the former chairman of Microsoft, uh, said his parents uh, did encourage him uh, to go out for a lot of different kinds of sports, like swimming and football and soccer and he said, at the time, I thought it was pointless, but it really ended up exposing me to leadership opportunities and showing me that I wasn't good at a lot of things instead of sticking to things that I was comfortable with. Here's so, one that I like. It's the, 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 just really one quick follow-up commentary on that. The message is you got to try different things. you got to go out and try things. And if you don't, then you're going to be stuck doing the same things you've always done. My daughter, um, well, let's back up just a minute. Uh, my middle child just graduated uh, middle school, and he got really good grades the last almost three years, you know, really average of uh, a 90, basically, between all of his classes and 98 in math, which is what he wants to focus on in high school and college. He's going to Volk. Um But he wanted lobster for his graduation dinner, and my daughter, you know, was saying how gross it was, and she would never try it, and about a week later... She said, you know, it's important to try new things, my friend told me, because, you know, if you like it, then 
you uh, you know you, then you f find out that you like something new and you can now have something new to like and if you don't like it then that's fine you don't have to have it again and I looked down at her and I said so maybe you should have tried the lobster that we had last week don't you think and maybe you would have liked it and she looked up at me with this sheepish grin and she said okay next time you make it I'll have it <laughs> I'll oh, try it <laughs> that's good that's I said so cute. you should take your own advice right Charlie <laughs> so yeah um, working with kids is interesting it's always a learning experience uh, do you know who Richard Branson is Pete yes Virgin Atlantic Virgin Records I'm not, I don't think they exist any longer Virgin Airlines I think Virgin Records still does exist but only a couple of staple stores that are more you know touristy like they, I think they have one at Disney Springs but I'm not even p positive about that well Richard Branson is, is certainly a risk taker and a deal maker and everything else and um he said, listen more than you talk. And everybody can use that particular advice. Nobody ever learned anything by hearing themselves speak. I've never heard of um, this guy before either, but uh, I like what uh, his father taught him. Walt Bettinger, uh, who was the president and CEO of Charles Schwab, said, you can't buy a reputation. That's what his father taught him. Most things in the world can be bought or sold, but you cannot buy a reputation. Hmm. Well, um, we're going to do a couple more of these, and then we're going to talk about some other specifics that we want to talk about today. Um, so um, I, I think I'm going to take this advice of um, listen more than you talk, Pete. So I'm going to sit here and listen and let you do the rest of the talking for this show. All right. Well, this is another one that I like a lot. I don't know if you instilled this in me, but you still act really goofy sometimes. Um, you know, we'll be at a restaurant, and you'll take a piece of bread and a roll and open it up and put it on your nose. No family secrets. No family secrets. And all the grandkids crack up, although the oldest now rolls his eyes and is embarrassed. Um, but Mark Cuban, his father, told him to have fun. He said it over and over again. He said, today is the youngest you're ever going to be. You've got to live like it. You've got to live like you're young every day. And that's what I try to do, and he sure does. Mark Cuban has fun. Mm -hmm. But I do, too. I mean, now He owns a basketball team. Yeah, Utah, no, Phoenix Suns, I think. Okay. Um, so do you have any Apple products? You don't use Apple products, do you? Dallas Mavericks. He, sorry, Dallas Mavericks. No, I'm not an Apple person. So I have an Apple iPhone, and I have an Apple iPod, and so forth. And uh, there's several really impressive things about Apple products when you see them. The boxes that they come in are meticulous. They're crafted the way they're designed. So is Samsung. So is Samsung. <laughs> they probably stole the idea from uh, Apple. But uh, Steve Jobs was the uh, person who created Apple computers. And his message was, paint the back of the fence. So think about that in the context of any Apple product you might have ever bought and how well it's packaged and put together and designed. And um, so he said that he learned this from his father um, that once they were out building a fence and the father said to him, you've got to make the back of the fence that nobody will see just as good looking as the front of the fence. Even though nobody will see it, you will know, and that will show you that you're dedicated to making something perfect. Well, first of all, Brody, put that back up on the screen again so my father can see it. Second of all, that's just another reason why I don't like Apple because that's just dumb. That's a waste of time and money. Oh, no. <laughs> Why paint something that nobody's ever going to see? <laughs> Unless you're doing it for protection you know, purposes to make the fence last longer. That's just silly. Just another reason I don't like Apple. Well, I, I like <laughs> Apple and Apple products, but quality is the important thing that they teach. Well, Apple has also admitted that they make their phones so they're, they purposely fail after so many years so people have to buy new ones. They've actually admitted that about a year ago. Um Going back to Mark Cuban really quick and having fun, um, I'm 44 now, and yet I will still get down and have tickle fights with my kids in the living room floor. I'll still jump on the trampoline with them or throw the football around or basketball game in the backyard. And um, I think it's important to have fun with your kids and try to stay young and think young. And it's probably also why I don't have many aches and pains. Want to take a break and have a tickle fight? No, thank no. you. <laughs> that might be weird. That might be weird. Okay. No, it's never weird, Pete. 
Well, um, you're listening to MoneyWise this morning, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday by USA Wealth Group. We're in the business of helping people retire and retire better and make more money and reduce debt and anything and everything financially that we can help show people and teach people how to make better social security decisions, how to uh, make sure that you don't have unnecessary risk in your investments. But give us a call at any time at 508-998-8858. We are here to help you. We've got lots of great material uh, that we can provide you for no obligation, no cost. You know, in a couple of weeks from now, um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing another show on Social Security. We haven't done that for a while. And recently they've changed some of the terminology. And I think it's an important time, once again, Pete, to think about going through all the basics of Social Security rules. A lot of people haven't started collecting uh, yet. So we're going to do that. Yep. Um, So moving on, um, here's some money tips to teach your children or if you have grandchildren uh, and you would like to try to instill some financial um, uh, advice with them, that would be, you know, useful as a grandparent as well. Uh, Number one, and I think that a lot of people have taken a much closer look at this one since everything happened with the coronavirus and so many people losing their jobs. Number one is to save, 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 save. So many people don't have an emergency fund, and you really should have enough money set aside to last for six months worth of your normal living, your bills, your food, everything that you spend, you should have a six-month reserve. So you really should save and start doing it now. Set aside anything that you can. Again, even if it's only $5 a week, set it aside and have a reserve account. You'll thank me later. Uh, Number two, Teach them to earn their allowance. My kids are not allowed to buy anything. Um, they, my boys, 13 and 16, almost 14 and 17, play video games all the time. And video games nowadays, they encourage you very much so to do online purchases within the video game to upgrade your characters, to expand the game to different areas and all kinds of different things. So they're designed to make you spend more money? Absolutely. And, and, you know, it used to be back when I was a kid and I would play video games, you'd spend $30, $40, maybe $50 at most on a video game, and that was it. Um, With these video games, a lot of them you can download for free or maybe only $10 or $20. Some of them, you know, you do have to spend a decent amount of money to download but then you end up spending literally hundreds and hundreds of dollars just within wow. one video game. I didn't realize that. So video game um, uh, software companies are making much more money on video games now than they ever were back when I was younger. Um, I've never played a video game in my life. So Yeah, I mean, I, I was never really obsessed. Um, and I, I did enjoy some video games, Zelda and, and Mario Brothers, and I would play for hours at sometimes with those. But I, in high school, really got out of all of that and never went back. I have some friends that are my age that still spend hours and spend money playing, you know, Madden, NFL, football, and um, other games, and they they spend hours of their time. Well, I guess that can help you do something. But if if you have already built into these video game programs that people are buying kids are buying it's almost like microtransactions they're looking to have people spend more money it's like, it's almost like a form of gambling you have to keep spending more money to buy the latest and the greatest right yeah and i i sort of went a, a long way around to get to this point but my boys will often say can i buy this can i buy this for you know it's 9.99 or 19.99 or whatever uh it's only available today um, or they're offering a discount if you do it by eight o'clock tonight, uh, before eight o'clock tonight, and that type of thing. And if they don't have the money in their account, I say no. And they'll say, "Well, can I earn the money to do it?" And I say, "Sure. I have tons of work for you to do. I, I can have you weed. I can have you do this and that." And um, they don't get the money. They don't get to buy anything unless they have earned it. Well, that's really important. I think it's also important to teach children. Um, especially if you're a dad, to be creative. And I would add something to that, which is teach manners. You know, I think that if we had more general respect in this country today, we'd be a lot better off. And it starts when kids are young. If you teach them manners, you'll teach them to be polite. You'll teach them to respect other people. 
we wouldn't have some of the problems we're having today with uh, discrimination, I suspect. But teach them to be creative. Uh, teach them how to look for ways that they can make money differently. Uh, even recently, there's a story of a 10-year-old in the paper who sold lettuce as a fundraiser for the Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matters campaign. Uh, he raised $700 selling lettuce that he grew at a stand beside the road. Lots of things people can do. <clears throat> How about this one? I've always had trouble with um, encourage patience. Do you think I'm a patient person, Pete? No, especially okay. while driving. <laughs> no, no, I don't do anything that's dangerous when I'm driving. I don't. <clears throat> I might say a few words to myself in the car, but um, patience is not one of my greatest <laughs> virtues. When I was... Probably, I think, in the fifth or sixth grade, I don't know what I did. I don't remember the event, but I had to stay after school, which the teachers could do in those days, and I had to write 500 times on the blackboard, patience is a virtue which I lack and will try very hard to attain. Did did it help? um, It taught me that I didn't like writing on the blackboard, and I didn't like chalk anymore. I didn't like the smell of chalk dust after that. So I avoided chalk for the rest of my life. I'm not sure if it helped me with my patience. <laughs> well, I have high expectations. That's why I have less patience. I have uh, high expectations of myself, and I guess I expect it of other people. How about this one, Pete? Set an example. Set an example for your children. Um, take them shopping sometimes and show them what things cost. So those are some good little simple, straightforward tips. I will say I, I really try to slow down and live in the moment, um, and I think I've always done that with my kids. There's certainly times when I'm busy, caught up doing something else, and one of my kids has, you know, dad, 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 and I'll say, what? But for the most part, when one of my kids is trying to talk to me, I try to remember that they're only going to be this age once. And I'm never going to get these moments back again. And that they're trying to talk to me because they have something that they want to tell me that's important to them, even if it may be silly to me. Mm-hmm. And so my, my daughter will, I mean, she's she just turned seven, and she's at the age where she's just asking question after question after question, just nonstop. Sure. And I really, I would say 90% of the time, no matter how many questions she's asking, I just try to be in the moment, look at her, and not at my phone or a book or the television or anything else and look at her so she knows that I'm engaging with her and you know let her ask me whatever she wants to ask me or tell me and then I you know answer or respond appropriately and even if she does it for 10 minutes at a time I try to spend that time engaged with her so I've been sitting here listening to you looking at you um, my son and there's a phrase for what you're describing. It's called being present. And it's not original with me. I learned it when I took the strategic coach course up in Canada for seven years in a row. And being present simply means that if you're with somebody and you're talking to them, look them in the eye, pay attention to them, and don't have your cell phone in one hand looking at something else at the same time and be distracted. Yeah, the same thing as being in the moment. It's called being present. And I honestly think that I was like that with my boys as well, but it's been so long since they really wanted to ask me question after question. But even now, at their you know, much older ages, if they're trying to talk to me, it's about something important. I try to stop what I'm doing and pay attention. Um, and I'm very mindful, especially with my daughter, because she's so much younger and she's my only girl, um, that when they're older and out of the house... I'm going to really miss them asking me questions and wanting to engage with me. Sure. So So I had my hair cut recently, and I was in the hairdresser barber's chair, and my phone rang, and of course you immediately have to grab your phone to see who's calling you, and it was uh, your sister, my daughter, Catherine. And she had a very simple code about uh, question about a code to get into some program, and I gave it to her. But I took the moment to basically be present with her because those are important things to do is to stay in touch. So financially, let's talk about a few other things, Pete. Start saving early. Um, I'm glad that you're doing that with your kids. And if they make money, 
maybe you can tell them that take 10% of that money and put it aside into an account that you're not going to touch. Yeah, I think I need to actually force that issue instead of just telling them every single time either one of them makes a decent amount of money, um, whether it's, you know, my oldest coming to the office to cutting the grass here, um, or if they do some landscaping for one of their grandparents, or um, Nathan is trying to get a job for the summer, um, Tyler got some money for graduation. Every time they get money, I say, why don't you put some money aside in the bank and save it? Why don't you put a decent amount of it aside and save it? You'll thank me later. And I'm telling Tyler, you know, you're going to be 14 in the month. You're going to be driving in two years. Two years seems like a long way from now, but set some money aside, save it, so you're going to have a decent car when you're driving. And he smiled at me and said, no video games. And, you know, so... <laughs> so he knows. He had about $150, and he spent $40 on video games with that $150. And he has 110 left. And I think I'm just going to tell him, no, we're setting, you know... At least forty, fifty dollars, and putting it into your bank account. So here's an idea. Um, so I'm going to teach you, so you can teach them. Why not think about? Yes, put money in a bank account. Uh, why not take a hundred dollars and buy a share of stock someplace, and teach them some of the basics of investing in stocks and bonds and mutual funds and those kinds of things. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, obviously they can't purchase them themselves yet. I would have to purchase it in my name, but uh, that's a good idea. So one thing we don't do enough of in this country is teaching money skills or uh, investment ideas, how to run a checkbook, what's the difference between a CD and a savings account. I never heard any of that when I was in school. I like the idea of buying stocks for them. But having them pick out the stock after doing a little bit of research with me, and then they can follow it. Yeah, I like that idea. And why don't you think about saying, here's five stocks to choose from. Let's talk about the basics of each one, and which one would you choose? Yeah. Because you can either teach them how to be successful, or you can teach them that they might lose on something, which is also a valuable lesson. Yeah, absolutely. And then they can go on Yahoo Finance whenever they want and see how their stock is doing. I'm going to do that. That's a great idea. Good. Thanks. So um, spark an interest in investing. Um, share samples of, uh, or examples, I should say, of your own successes and your own failures of things that you've done. What have you been successful at? What have you failed at? To let them know that you, know, you have opportunities to succeed in things, but sometimes you're going to fail as well. Um, we've talked a little bit about core money skills and how important that is. Um, you know, tell them the difference between a checking account and a CD. You can't buy a CD probably for less than $1,000. You could even teach them about online banking, which sometimes pays higher higher rates. But, um, no, I, I believe very strongly in the value of lifelong learning, and I think that's an important message to teach kids. That's why I look at the Wall Street Journal. I hardly ever read the Wall Street Journal without cutting out one or two articles that I think are useful in the office or useful to help a client with something. Um, the week after this show, we're going to be doing a show on uh, LGBTQ issues. Um, we're going to talk about that in a lot more detail. We're going to have a guest on for that particular show. The Supreme Court has just ruled this past week a real landmark decision that if somebody is gay or lesbian, they cannot be fired because of that. It's a form of discrimination. It's now against the law uh, by this Supreme Court ruling. So lots of good things, but teach your kids about money is an important thing. We've got some good articles that we're happy to provide. Give a call to Pete or to me at 508-998-8858. We've got a very useful little article called uh, 15 Ways to Teach Kids About Money. Um, I've mentioned this one before. Use a, a jar to save money in. I have a, a plastic can that I use that. And I've done this before with your two boys. I said, come with me to the bank. We're going to cash in all the coins in here, and I'm going to split the money with you. Yep. And another tip is avoid impulse buying. Um, and it's something I've heard many times. I don't know who initially came up with the idea or if it's just sort of always been out there. But... Um, if there's something that your, you or your child or grandchild really wants and is really going nuts about it, wait 24 hours 
and see if they still feel or you still feel that strongly about wanting or needing that you know product right then and now mm-hmm. wait 24 hours and then um this is a quote that i i believe is attributed to a rapper jay-z i think it's him um i i follow several financial things on instagram and I, i've seen it pop up a couple of times i'm pretty sure it's jay-z he um says if you can't buy something twice don't buy it hmm Okay. If you don't have enough money to buy something twice, don't buy it. Okay. Um, A gentleman named Gordon Brown once said, I'm a father. That's what matters most. Nothing matters more. And at different stages in our lives, we have different things. Uh, Dennis Banks once said, I have a Father's Day every day. And one more quote I want to give that uh, is applicable to um, your mother, Pete and attorney Tenny Lance. Uh, this is from a guy named David Ayer. My father died when I was really young on Christmas Day. Think how sad that would be. Well, that actually happened to your mother. Yep. Her, her dad was in the hospital for about a week, but he actually passed away on Christmas Day. Well, that was one of the earliest memories I remember coming downstairs all excited Christmas morning. And, you know, I was jumping out of my skin as most kids are when they're very young and I just remember you hugging mom in the corner of the kitchen and she was crying and crying and crying because her father had just passed away yep it was like seven thirty in the morning or something like that so we remember those things um <clears throat> excuse me Pete would you talk for a minute sure so another thing that you can do with your children is teaching them the responsibility of having a bank account. And we've talked about opening up an IRA, which I'm going to do when my children turn 18. You just gave a great tip about um, instead of just putting money in the bank, uh, in my name, I'm going to purchase some shares of stock for the, uh, for all three of them, really. I'm going to teach Charlotte as, as young as seven about the stock market. But involve them in the decision. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to actually um, print out. 10 different um, stocks for growth, 10 different stocks for value, 10 different blue chip stocks and, you know, and let them choose what they want to do and explain the difference between um, the different stocks. Do you do allowances for your kids? I do not. No, because they don't do normal chores around the house. I've told them for years, if you regularly take out the trash or if you regularly empty the dishwasher or cat boxes or whatever, um, you'll get an allowance. And the boys have never been interested in that. Um, Charlotte probably would be, and she's probably at the age where I could start thinking about that. Um, but again, she just turned seven. The boys, when they want money for their video games or other things, they'll say, what can I do to make money? And I'll, and I'll tell them, well, you know, here, you can do this or that. But So this was an interesting idea, I thought, in one of these publications. It says, give commissions, not allowances. Um, there's two schools of thoughts on allowances. One is give them a certain amount of money so that they can learn what to do with it, to spend it, you know, whatever. But I think that it's more important to teach them to do something for it and to earn the right to receive an amount. So if you give them a commission, you could even have a little schedule. You get X dollars for mowing the grass. You get X dollars for cleaning your room. You get X dollars for taking out the trash or something like that. Have a little printed schedule maybe and say, when you do these things, tell me. We'll put money in this jar for you. You can have it at the end of the week or something like that. All three of my kids have had bank accounts since they were born. Um, as soon as anybody gives them money for, you know, birthday, Christmas, whatever it goes in there. Um, I remember at one point when Tyler, my middle child was old enough to actually, um, what I thought was old enough to understand what a bank account was. He earned some money. He must've been eight or nine. And I said, Let's go to the bank and deposit it instead of having me just go and deposit it. So he was all excited and he had his money and I had him hand it to the teller and the teller handed him back a deposit slip, uh, you know, receipt. And he looked up at me and he said, where did my money go? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Do you know what uh, a father is, Pete? A father is a guy who has snapshots in his wallet where his money used to be. You've said that before too, but it's very true. But I love it. So this one is especially appropriate for today, I think. A guy named Charles Wadsworth said, By the time a man realizes that maybe his father was right, he usually has a son who thinks he's wrong. Mm -hmm. Like that one? (laughs) Well, since it is Father's Day and 
in the tradition and honor of Father's Day. Can I have $20? Sure. Sign this promissory note. <laughs> I've, I've always liked this from Jerry Seinfeld also. You can tell what was the best year of your father's life because they seem to freeze that clothing style and write it out. Okay. That was a cute expression that he gave. <laughs> um, all right, but teach teach your kids about money. Um, how about the importance of giving? Um, do your kids ever do anything to give something to someone else? Um, I get frustrated because the last two years in a row, I have tried like hell to get my kids to go to uh, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the name of it uh, a, a place where they serve food for, for the okay. holidays. Yep. I, I'm trying to think like of a, a shelter or yeah, a shelter. Or, yeah, and I have called a dozen places, and I'm talking you know early to mid December to try to have them give back, um, and none of the places will accept us. They say, oh, we have too many volunteers already. Mm. So I think that I need to do it the exact opposite, you know, July 25th every year instead. Um, so I think that I, I need to do that. But your kids have done some things on occasion to help. Like, for example, you and I are both in the Masonic fraternity, and uh, there's an annual dinner for the for the needy that's put on. And um, I can't remember if Tyler did it, but Nathan has helped serve food there before. Yeah, and uh, I know Nathan has helped to ring the bells before um, with the Salvation with the Army. Salvation right. Army. Um, I do teach them that you know when you go to places, they usually ask if you want to donate a dollar to uh, the Boston Children's Hospital or, or to you know the Ronald McDonald um, House or anything else, and that I almost always do that. Um, I used to give money out to panhandlers. There's so many of them now, and I don't really trust where the money is going, so I don't really give money to panhandlers anymore. But I used to, and I used to show them that. I did, a few years ago, see a guy who rode around on his bike with a little trailer, and he was collecting cans that people threw out their car windows. And he collected cans, which is doing a service. He's picking up the trash, and he brought it to the local package store. And I asked the guy, I said, is he in here often? And he goes, usually once a week. He comes in with his cans that he collects from the trash along the side of the road. So I went outside, um, and I gave him the cash that I had in my wallet, which wasn't much. I hardly ever have cash on me. I think it was like $7, and I gave it to him. And I said, thank you. You're at least doing something for your money. Well, we're going to wrap up today and basically tell everybody that we've got a lot of useful information, the differences between wills and trusts from the law firm. Um, ideas for saving money with your car insurance and home insurance, ideas for retirement, and we're happy to share this with you. Just give us a call and discuss it, 508-998-8858. Let me see if this resonates with you, Pete. A quotation from Martin Mull, comedian. Having children is like having a bowling alley installed in your brain. It's, that's true. You know, sometimes I'll be with my friends who don't have kids and they'll hear some noise from a kid or something and they say, oh, that noise is driving me nuts and I don't even notice it anymore. I just zone out. <laughs> well, I'd like to say thank you everybody for listening and we're always pleased to be with you on Sunday morning. Remember your father if you can. Do something for your children if you are a father. Thank you for listening. We'll be with you again next week on the radio.